You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I was uh, I was not that young because I was I was 30 years old, um, but I was uh, at a time in my life where uh, I needed to do something I really wanted to do. Being a musician, playing music, it was what I always wanted to do, but. There was always anything else like studies and uh, finding a work. And uh, when I was like 30 years old, I told to myself, um, yeah, now it's time to do you, what you really want to do. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. We've had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. I had so much fun at the Meet Me for Coffee, Vox and Hops, and Folly Brewing beer release, the How About Some Coffee coffee stout man did we ever have a blast if you were there thank you so much for coming out and taking the time to hang out with me if you weren't you should have been there because it was so much so much fun you should definitely try to get your hands on this brew because it's absolutely delicious this Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal was Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I've teamed up with them to bring you Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal, the first edition of a true metal and craft beer festival in my hometown of Montreal is happening on December 17th at Corona Theatre. Performing this year is my band, Cryptopsy, alongside my friends in The Agonist, The Great Sabatini, Necrotic Mutation, and Burning the Oppressor. All night long, you can enjoy amazing craft beers from some of Quebec's best metal breweries such as BG Brasserie Urbaine, Massorum Brassatorium, Brasserie du Bas-Canada, Sir John Brewing Company, Cinquième Baron, and Brasseur de Montréal. If you're planning on coming to this amazing event, you should absolutely go pick up your tickets right now via the link in the description of this podcast because tickets are selling very, very quickly and I would hate for you to miss your chance to come to the first edition of Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal. Before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'd also like you to rate it and write a review. Now, why do I want you to do that? Well, you have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, what do they do? They scroll down, they look at the reviews. If those reviews are favorable, they will most probably give that podcast a chance. If you were to encourage someone to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I'm with Marion Bascoul of Afanamaya. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 311. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Marion Bascoul of Ifanemaire. How are you doing, Marion? It's great to be with you. Uh, thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you much. I'm very, very happy to have you uh, with me. Uh, you have a record that came out on November 19th via Napalm Records called A Dream of Wilderness. Now, I can only imagine of what a year it's been dreaming of wilderness, living in the wilderness of this pandemic. And I love to start my episodes like this, my conversations like this. We go dark right at the beginning and then we make our way back to the light. How did you cope with this glorious, glorious pandemic that just seems to be sticking around? Yeah, um, in fact, it went very well for me. Um, I, I was good staying at home. It mm -hmm. not, was not a problem. 
And uh, in fact, we um, we wrote the album uh, at that time, um, starting uh, at the start of uh, 2020, and uh, writing the the music, the lyrics, and uh, recording it. So uh, I was uh, pretty busy, and it went it went very well. Excellent. Yes, because France was uh, one of the first places that really just locked everyone in their houses. Uh, I think so. Maybe one of the first. Mm-hmm. So then you guys just dove straight into the studio, which was a creative thing to do. It was also, was it just the cycle like that? It happened to fall that you guys were recording a new record. You were already about to write a new record when the pandemic hit. So it just the timing was perfect. Uh, yeah, the, the timing was perfect for us because uh, when we when we are writing a new record, um, it takes uh, all our time. So, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, it yeah, it was pretty um, pretty um, yeah. It, uh, the time was good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I there's no problem at all. Uh, you're doing wonderfully. Uh, it is interesting as an artist uh, being with Cryptopsy. I know how yeah. tedious it is to write a record. And then having to play shows while writing a record is also very tedious because you it's like two mindsets where one mindset is you're in a pure creative mode and the other mindset is in a like a rehearsal uh, preparation mode uh, and it can sometimes disrupt the creative vibes to actually go out and play so uh, if at my is it something that you guys mentally do that when you're writing a record you do not perform you decide to just lock yourselves in until the record is done or do you typically go out and play shows and come back and forth in fact we didn't have the the choice uh until Mm -hmm. now because uh when it was 2020 and uh, we had some gigs planned but we they they were uh cancelled so um so uh the only thing we had to do was to uh, to write the record, uh, the new record. And um, before that, when we uh, wrote the second album in uh, 2018, um, mm-hmm. we didn't had that much shows, so um, it was not a problem we had uh, until now. But I, but I think <laughs> that we are the the, the kind of band that uh, write a new record um, without uh, giving shows um, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah it kind of take all the pla- all the place for us it's a lot of work getting ready to play a show <laughs> especially when it's just one of them it's a lot a lot of work if it's a tour it's okay because then you you know you're in shape for the rest of them <laughs> I don't know I don't know for the other bands but uh, for us uh, it takes a lot of time <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i forget everything every single time uh, box and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer now what beer are we going to share virtually today what beer do you have on your side yeah i have a craft a craft beer Amazing. i have a craft beer um here it is Molotov. So it's yeah the the name of the brewer is sabotage Cool. It's a craft beer from my hometown, Toulouse, in south of France. And uh, I chose this one. Yes, the name is Molotov. It's a stout beer. It's my favorite. 
Awesome. Cool. I love that. Uh, you can crack that open and pour it out. I'll present my beer. I'm drinking a brew juice uh, from Brewski. It's a very cool brewery here in Montreal. I was actually there last night with Philip Ivanovic, the artist that designs a lot of Vox and Hops' uh, beer labels. Uh, I love him to death. We had a good time at Brewski, and I picked up this can. This is one of their brew juices, which is a fruited sour, so they take a sour base. Uh, this one's about 5.2%, and then they add a whole bunch of fruit puree to it. So it's basically like a healthy morning juice that gets you a little bit drunk. Uh, this one has apricot, mango, and guava in it, uh, 5.2%. Absolutely okay. killer, killer, killer brews. This pours out super thick, uh, gorgeous little head that's forming on it. Um, vibrant orange, you know, apricot uh, color, really just Oh, gorgeous. it looks very good. It's like a healthy, healthy morning. Yeah, yeah, like a healthy <laughs> juice. Uh, healthy choice. <laughs> Yours looks dark and ominous. Mine is a stout. So. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. It's amazing. It's tart, um, sweet, but not too sweet. Um, sour, um, but really balanced. Uh, their brewer, Derek, is a real wizard. I love him. Uh, tell me about your first beer, the first beer that you ever drank. Oh, I don't know. It's it's like a, a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I I think I yeah, I know I know. Uh, I think it was a beer. Uh, yeah, the beer my uh, my father was uh, drinking. So mm-hmm. that I, I, you you don't you don't know this beer. I think it's a it's a French beer. The um, the name is 1664. Yeah, no, of course, at Cronenberg. Uh, I think Cronenberg. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Cronenberg. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, but not the base one. The 1664. Yes, okay. that was my first beer, and I'm sure very interesting. because that was the beer my father drank at the time. So <laughs> how did that go? Yeah. Did you did you go and steal I, it? Oh no no no. <laughs> No, no, my father, my my parents are pretty pretty cool with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we are French. We're from mm-hmm. south of France, so uh, yeah, we uh, we drink uh, wine and and all in family. So it's pretty cool. I I, I was not so young. I, I mean, I I was like maybe thirteen years old. No, not that much that much young. <laughs> <laughs> you well, I, I think my my father gave gave, gave it to me. So. Cool. <laughs> well, cheers to him. I like that. Uh, how about the craft beer scene? Uh, I've toured Europe a bunch of times. I've toured through France. I've played Toulouse a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, my guitarist always posts the most ridiculous joke there that there's nothing to lose in Toulouse. It's a silly yeah, joke. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. <laughs> I understand. But, uh, <laughs> The craft beer scene. How is that going in Toulouse? I, I don't believe that I went and explored when I was there. So yeah, there, there's a lot of, of craft beers. Uh, a, a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I like this one, this this brewer, mm-hmm. because it um, it it has a lot of fun taste. You know, uh, that one is classic, the stout, but uh, it has some taste like lemon pie or. Cassoulet, I don't know if you if you, that I don't, you know. I don't know that is cassoulet, you don't know cassoulet. <laughs> no, what is cassoulet? cassoulet? No, you don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a French dish. Oh, okay. Very a, famous. A, a dessert or? No, no. It's <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> beans with with um, with sausages and mm. uh, yeah, uh, they had uh, they had in the past okay. a beer um, which 
which tasted like that, but interesting. Uh, no, okay. It's I, I think it's pretty fun. Well, it sounds fun. I, I it sounds yeah. like they're very adventurous. <laughs> Uh, I like that very much. Uh, I'd love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Uh, not much. My, my parents were not uh, listened to too much music. So uh, I didn't listen to music much uh, before I was a teenager. Uh, I was not born in a, a, a family uh, of musicians, or mm. yeah, there was some music, but not much. So it so, wasn't a passion of theirs. You had that beer at thirteen, and then all of a sudden, you had to listen to music <laughs> once you were a teenager. <laughs> what, what, I, uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was a teenager in the nineties. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, the new metal period, yep. uh, period, yeah, period Absolutely. of time, and uh, and yes, I was into that, and so I started with with that, and after after new metal, I listened to uh, to over yes to true metal and overtypes, and uh, that's how <laughs> I uh, I jumped into that. I am also a child of new metal, a new metal yeah. child. I yeah. have no shame what, saying. What it. was your favorite? I was a Deftones. Uh, I really liked Deftones, uh, and then I really liked a girl that liked Deftones, and then I wanted to not like her anymore, so I stopped listening to Deftones. <laughs> Being immature, <laughs> not understanding stuff. Uh, but the one that really, really just hooked me was Corn. Uh, yes, there was two. Two teams at the time. <laughs> there was a Deftones team and the Corn team. I was the Deftones team. Sorry, Corn <laughs> was cool also. <laughs> Funnily enough, they're both still performing, which is amazing. I think Deftones has aged better though. I've seen Corn for the first time in uh, yeah, like uh, a few years ago. Hmm. <laughs> they're still going. I love it. <laughs> I'd love to hear about the first show, your first live music experience. Yeah, my first show. My first show, I think I was 15 years old. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a French band. It was um, a French rock band. Uh, the name is Noir Désir, but they're, they're not a band anymore. That mm -hmm. was very huge at that time in France. And uh, yeah, the, my first gig was that. How about your first time on stage? My first time on stage was in 2014. Yeah, not much ago. I, in fact, I didn't start music very uh, at, at a young age uh, I started very um, yeah uh, like uh, 10 years ago really so yeah yeah <laughs> that's interesting uh, yeah I, I I started to play an instrument uh, when I was a teen a teenager but and yeah it was like uh, trying to play in a band but it was not a great success uh, I didn't choose the right instrument for me. And what, is, yeah. what instrument was that? Yeah, I, 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 I tried to play drums. Okay. It's not, not my thing, really. <laughs> was that like in a, in a school band or was that like in a, yeah, a band, yeah. band? No, no, with the, yeah, with, with like over, over teenagers, we played okay. Deftones and okay, yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, new metal thing. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and, yeah, after that, uh, I just stopped uh, music. 
and uh, I uh, I started really started to play music when I was when I was 30 years old. Uh, I started playing uh, guitar and uh, and extra singing. Uh, so my first gig was a few years after that, and it was in 2014. Amazing. Uh, it was so interesting. Uh, starting in your 30s, uh, straight to guitar and extreme vocals at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I started guitar at, at 28, I think, and, and singing at thir- 30. Yes, it's uh, the right, right thing. Why did you end up becoming an extreme vocalist? Yeah, it was just the, the type of vocals I uh, I loved. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just I was just listening to uh, to to band who did um, extreme vocals. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like the the Finnish bands, uh, the Swedish bands, and all uh, all the melodic death metal stuff. And uh, I was just like into it. It was the the genre. Uh, which pushed me to uh, to play music. I wanted to play melodic death metal, so uh, I learned uh, guitar and then uh, extreme singing, and then I started. I started a band, and a few time after that, I uh, I uh, integrated Efanimer. Amazing! From a, you know, that's you have a goal. I want to play <laughs> Swedish yeah. extreme metal, and then here you are. Yeah, you know, seven years later, basically. Yeah, it's, you know, it's you have to be you you have to be motivated by something. And uh, I was like really into Amon Mars at the time mm-hmm. after Twilight of the Thunder God, and uh, in uh, yeah, twenty eighteen, and uh, yeah, that was the band uh, which made me uh, learn to play guitar and also uh, extreme vocals yeah it was it was the the starting point and I think um, that's so cool yeah and also I mean um, I was uh, I was not that young because I was I was 30 years old um, but I was uh, at a time in my life where uh, I needed to do something I really wanted to do, like uh, like a dream uh, I wanted to uh, uh, to make true. And yeah, the music, being a musician, playing music, it was what I always wanted to do. But there was always anything else, like studies and uh, finding a work and. Uh, uh, moving into a house, uh, private stuff and stuff and, and this. But when I when I uh, was that age, like like thirty years old, uh, I told to myself, um, yeah, now it's time to do you, what you really want to do, and I made everything possible to uh, to make that dream comes true i'm sorry it's very uh no no it's, I think it's amazing it's, <laughs> very it's, cliche but i don't know how to express it in english uh no no it's it's perfect a different, I, I, a different what way. comes to my mind is is the message is that it's never too late yeah i think so i was not that old but uh yeah when you are uh, like 30 years old and you're you are you have a job a serious job and uh 
and um, and all that stuff uh, it's it's really strange for people when you say no now i want to be a musician i will learn i will uh, have a band <laughs> We'll do gigs and write music and all. And the people are like, well, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, you just, uh, yeah, why don't you have some babies or I don't mm. know. That <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really happy um, the way it, it was because, yeah, now with FNMR, we are signed to Napalm Records and we are doing gigs and and uh and and tours uh one tour <laughs> because yes. of the rats it was the pandemic but yeah we uh we um we hope uh, to do more tours uh in the future and i'm really happy it went very well it's amazing how did i'm always curious about how parents react with musicians doing stuff <laughs> typically it would happen at a young age that yeah. you're, i'm going to abandon everything i'm going to become a musician and parents tend to be disappointed because they want you to finish your school now you did the opposite yeah. you finished your school you did everything you bought the house and then so <laughs> how did your parents react to you wanting to become a musician yeah uh in the, they were very comprehensive in fact they were like our first one of some of one of the our first fans uh yeah I, I mean, amazing the, the, yeah i i had my job of course uh i didn't drop it yeah. uh so um it was not like just uh, make a radical mm -hmm. change of life at first um, but what what I was uh, not sure about it was the the extreme singing. I mean, yeah, yeah. how your parents would react to that? Yeah, uh, I think people uh, who don't know metal are yeah, it's really difficult for them. So uh, yeah, it, they they reacted very good. Uh, they, yeah, there was like. Uh, okay, it's uh, it's different, but uh, it's cool. And uh, now, now they are very, um, yeah, they, they like it. I think, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. How how did you become a proficient extreme vocalist? What steps did you take to make yourself a good extreme vocalist? At first, uh, I uh, started um, alone yeah. with the <laughs> Melissa Cross. <laughs> DVD. Really? Me too. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, you too. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> the Zen of Screaming. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was really hard. I, I, I remember I was like trying to saturate my voice like um, a few minutes each day, mm -hmm. like, like she said. Uh, it took me like weeks and weeks, uh, like months. I, I, I don't remember well, but a very long time. Uh, before I I, uh, I was able to, able to do that, and after that I uh, took uh, singing lessons, of course, because if you uh, if you are practicing uh, extreme vocals, you have to no stress. You need to have like a good training and a bass too. You have to train your voice. You have to um, to know the basics of singing. Uh, so I took lessons and I was re really fortunate because I found a teacher uh, in my hometown uh, in Toulouse who uh, knew uh, the, the harsh vocals. Yes, she knew that. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, she, she teached me uh, a metho method who, which name is um, Complete Vocal Technique by hmm. Catherine Sadolin. Okay. 
You you know that you know her? No, I don't know that. She's no. a she's a uh, she's a European teacher, and uh, she uh, she um, she did a method uh, which uh, allow to learn all types of vocals, hmm. uh, including harsh vocals like growl and scream. Very interesting. Yep. So my my teacher uh, teach me how to um, to growl and uh, also how to sing. Amazing. Uh, we we have been in the same building before, but we have not spoken before. Um, I interviewed Chris yep. from Ailstorm in 2019 when you guys came through Montreal. This is a Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode. Uh, okay. I would love to hear about your memories, uh, your experience, when you played Montreal. Does anything come to mind when I say, what is Montreal like? Yeah, it was a really um, an amazing tour because it was our very first tour. <laughs> We like we we even uh, didn't do a tour in France uh, wow. before that. Straight yeah, just like gigs uh, from time to time. So our very first tour was in Canada. It's, it's really amazing um, to uh, to first tour with the band as a band, but wow. in this country, mm-hmm. in this amazing country, which is. Uh, at the other side of the ocean, it's it was really awesome. We uh, we were really happy, uh, and of course the the fact that uh, in Quebec people are are speaking French mm-hmm. is really was really a good start for the Absolutely. tour. Yeah, it started in Quebec City, I think, and then you guys came to Montreal. After that. Yeah, 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 in Quebec City, but uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, we arrived in Montreal. Montreal. I don't know why uh, I, I I say Montreal. It's Montreal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the first tour, first gig was uh, Quebec, and uh, after that Montreal at the Emptilus. That Emptilus. is correct. Yeah. yeah, it's a very big, big, uh, um, big place and uh, big venue, uh, and there was a lot of people. Uh, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Right? Yeah. Really awesome. Amazing. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about the new record, A Dream of Wilderness. It came out on November 19th via Napalm Records. Um, Something about this album that I think is super interesting, and there are some bands that do this here, notably Despised Icon. Uh, The thing that really, really jumped out to me is that uh, Le Radeau de la Meduse, you guys did a French version of that. Talk to me about the, the decision of doing that. Yeah, uh, 
it was an idea I've had uh, for a certain time uh, to write uh, in French. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was not comfortable with it because, um, you know, it's uh, I, I was not... Um, yeah, growling in French was a bit difficult. I, uh, yeah, I felt... But when I tried, in fact, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's even easier <laughs> because it's your language. So mm -hmm. it's easier to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to make accents and, uh, um, and emotions and, uh, yeah, to convey emotions. So I think, uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the result. I, I hope people will like it. I don't know. So I, I've... I was having this idea to, um, to, to, to try to write lyrics in French, but I was afraid of it a bit. Uh, so uh, at, I said uh, to Martin, the lead guitarist and the composer of the band, uh, maybe we can do two versions of uh, a song and release the French version as a bonus track. So mm -hmm. there's, there, there is no... Uh, there's a big safety yeah, net. <laughs> yeah, there's less challenge because, uh, yeah, it's a bonus track, you know? It's, it's not... Uh, it's okay if it's not as good as the other, uh, the other songs. So, yeah, that was uh, how, how I made it. Uh, as a lyricist, I'm curious, uh, did you write the song in French first or English first? Yeah, um, I made the both, uh, both versions uh, at the same time. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, um, yeah, at the same time. Very interesting. I, thought I, was, I would imagine you had a translator, and I can only imagine that translating something... Could be can be difficult. It could be difficult to like get the patterns the same, the feeling of delivering because you 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 get used to like a pattern and this is my vocal line and then you have to fit that into a French version of what you've already done would be complicated. But if you're doing it at the same time, it makes sense. Yeah, and it was because I wrote uh, the two versions at the same time because I I uh, I assured that uh, every part was uh, good in English and in French not just translating the parts in and sometimes um, the lyrics came out as French and I searched for a, a, an English version oh, and yes. sometimes it was the opposite yes absolutely understand very very interesting uh, this is your first release on Napalm Napalm did re-release uh, Procopton uh, last year uh, so huge release middle of a pandemic How does that make you guys feel? We hope that uh, we we will do gigs because because yeah, uh, uh, in a few months I think we will be able to do gigs. So I don't think it will change much things. But uh, yeah, for the bands who released um, albums uh, in 2020, it was yeah. re really hard. I, I, I think. I think. So too. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, for I think I will, I think it will be good. I don't know. We will see. I hope. I hope that uh, we will be able to do uh, to do gigs, and uh, it will not affect uh, the release. Um, but yeah, I don't know at that point how things where will be. I don't know. We, we can't worry about we can't what we can't control, right? So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I am interested in, if you could book a tour, 
uh, to put a Fenemeyer in front of the perfect crowd. So you opening for bigger bands, bands below you, a dream release tour. What bands would be on that? Let's say it's a four-band package. Okay, four bands? Yeah, including your band. So you plus three bands. Okay, so three bands. Um, yeah, of course, there will be Dark Tonkity, I think. Of course, it's, we, we love we love them. It's an awesome, an awesome band. Uh, yeah, um, so Dark Tranquility, I mean, maybe Insomnium. And the third, I don't know, it's hard. Maybe, maybe Dimu Borgir, mm. maybe. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's three bands we will like to uh, to tour with. Uh, yeah, last year I would have said Children of Bottom, but <laughs> yes, sadly. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. Uh, yep, yeah. I think so. Rest in peace, Alexi. He was a true, true metal legend and a very nice dude. I've met him. Um, let's talk about the French scene. Uh, there's a bunch of killer bands from there. My friends, of course, uh, Benighted are from France. Uh, Igor, Gojira. There's so many more. Hellfest happens there. One of the best festivals in the world. So much fun playing Hellfest. Uh, why is the French scene so vibrant right now? Uh, I get this question all the time about Montreal. I'm curious about why you think the French scene is so vibrant right now. Uh, there was the post-metal thing um, in last years. So uh, a lot of bands uh, came uh, from France, um, uh, of the, yes, that genre uh, in France uh, have a lot of bands. Uh, so I think maybe it's, uh, it's correlated with that. Um, in France, we have a really extreme scene. Yeah, but not really with the post-metal thing, maybe, but yeah, with the um, brutal death scene, death metal scene, black, black metal. We have lots, lots of black metal bands. It's a really extreme scene, and I think, um, yep, uh, there are more and more um, famous bands from France because of the post-black and post-metal thing, who um, allowed um, maybe less extreme bands to uh, to gain a wider audience. It's my, yeah, uh, it's my my take. I I don't know if it's. Uh, true, but uh, I think it's that. That's very cool. As it could be. It very, very well could be. Um, I'm interested. I'm very lucky that I get to do these interviews. I get to, right before I sit down here, I get like a little bit nervous. Did I do enough research? Uh, am I going to connect? Is the internet going to be good? I get a bit of that same feeling that I get before I climb up onto stage to perform with Cryptopsy. So I'm curious how you have been filling the void of performing live. It's really strange. Uh, I don't know. It's just a strange feeling. Uh, when you're... Um, when you, you... You you play a lot live. We, we played a lot uh, in 2019. Like a lot uh, than the years uh, before. And um, so a lot of festivals in Western Europe, uh, small festivals, uh, a lot of gigs in France and all. 
uh, and in Canada, of course. And so, uh, yeah, having no gigs at all in 2020, it was really strange. At first, I was good with that because we were writing the record and uh, and all. But yeah, that just uh, at some point, uh, I just had the feeling that we will never go on stage uh, <laughs> and over time. And I still I've, I have this feeling. I don't know. It's it's really really strange, and I don't I didn't feel the void. Uh, I I just have this strange feeling. Don't know it what to back, say. Maria. Other than come that. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope. <laughs> it's, I love it's love making mm. collab beers. I like to make beers for bands. I've I've released a bunch of them. I've made some for Cryptopsy. I've made some for other bands. If you can make a beer for Ifanemai, what beer would it be? What style would it be? You mentioned you like stouts. It could be a stout. So what style would it be, and what would you call it? I don't know because uh, yeah we. We uh, we all, all all the members of the band like different type of beers, so it's a difficult question. It's a really difficult question. Maybe it would not be a stout. Maybe it will be like like a white beer, like not too too much strong beer, mm-hmm. too much of a strong beer, like 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 maybe an aromatized be- aromatized beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe yes. Like like your beer, maybe or maybe something like that. Mm. <laughs> you can see all the fruit. Pipe, pipe. It's gorgeous. Yeah, you always have to wash maybe. your glass. It's yeah, like maybe smoothie. maybe it would be uh, some kind of beer uh, aromatized uh, thing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> one last question. It probably doesn't happen to you very often because uh, you know you're. You know how to do things, and you seem in control. You only started extreme metal at in your thirties, uh, but every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? It, it, it does the, does not happen happen more uh, to me, much more to me. In the past, I've had some hangovers, but I think my last hangover was uh, maybe uh, in twenty. 2012. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it very well. But, yeah, like eight years. Okay, like uh, it was eight years ago. So um, um, I don't have a cure for that anymore. Yeah, but I remember that I drank a lot of water. I don't know if it helps. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's the I secret. don't drink much much alcohol, just just one good beer from time to time. Which was perfect all for good today. wine, of course. Of course, yes. Marion, thank you so so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, music, and craft beer. Uh, I truly had a blast. Everyone, go check out that new Ifanemaire album, A Dream of Wilderness. It's a banger of an album. You guys are gonna love it. Marion, cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much for inviting me. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, was I ever blown away when I discovered that Marion only started playing extreme music at the age of 30. Look at her now. It's just such an inspirational story that it is truly never too late to go and follow your dreams. 
So massive cheers to Marion for doing that, for being an inspiration to hopefully many other people listening to this episode and across the globe. It's never too late. You can become an internationally renowned musician today. You just have to put the work in and it might just happen to you. So massive cheers to Marion. Just can't wait to hang out again. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, including all the details for any episodes which I dropped throughout that past week, if I've been a guest on someone else's podcast, any pertinent information for any cool new projects that I have in the works before I announce them to the public, as well as the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, and is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. There's just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I have two more episodes coming up, one on Thursday and another on Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like the shadows. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzard. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.